Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? I'm drinking pomegranate green super fruit tea from the Republic of Tea. Uh, pomegranates are a constant thing in my house, so I thought I'd have some pomegranate tea. My son is addicted. To, I mean, I swear he eats an entire pomegranate every day. But how would I'm you? I'm surprised you his drinking? fingers aren't permanently red, actually. It looks like a murder scene every single day. <laughs> I promise you. You yeah. know what? That is so on brand for your household. I just. It I really is. Even. Yeah. It goes along with the stabby knife block that I got. Yeah. For my and the murder colored ago. glasses that you wear and for the show. And my murder colored glasses. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what have you got in your cup today? So today I am starting the day, because this is early in the morning for me, starting the day with a creme brulee black tea. It's from oh, one man. of our favorites, T2. Oh, and so many things in that sentence are like love for me. Yeah, but it's it's all kinds of... T2 and... Oh. Yeah, it's it's all kinds of good things. And it's really smooth. I, I had a sampler of this, mm-hmm. and then I ordered some immediately after. <laughs> because it's just that good and it's really smooth and it's velvety and it's very like the voice of our guest today. Mm. Angelina Rocca is an audiobook narrator, award-winning singer, and former journalist. She's narrated more than 70 titles, both fiction and nonfiction. A classically trained vocalist and pianist, she's performed with her jazz and blues band nationally as well as internationally over a career spanning more than two decades. And as a journalist, Angelina covered everything from arts and culture to crime and politics. And we'll be talking about all of that today. Nice. And so thank you, Angelina, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. And you and I actually kind of have a few things in common because of that intro. Although I will say that mine is much more amateur status than yours is. But I have a bit of a background in in journalism as as well as time spent as a, a cabaret singer. So I'm interested to hear like oh, yes. what took you on that journey and what came first between journalism and music? It's been kind of a long process. I grew up on stage. I grew up studying music. Um, I studied piano and guitar and voice and went to performing arts high school and just I was always a performer. While I was doing that, I was also I was studying political science in university and um, I have a deep interest in in politics. And I had taken a break from university and started touring and recording and doing a lot of performing, hitting all the jazz festivals and I spent some time in Hong Kong and While I was doing that, I was meeting a lot of journalists, a lot of people covering the arts, and I just thought their work was so fascinating. And I also saw that there was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of a lack of depth in arts reporting at the time. And I thought, you know what, I mean, I I love music and I enjoy performing, but I needed something else. And I'm the kind of person that likes to dig into different things and learn everything I absolutely can about it and master it as best I can. And so I went into, I, I finished my degree and then did a postgraduate degree in journalism with the intention of, I, I wanted to cover a little bit of politics, but I also wanted to be an arts reporter and cover it in a way that not just talked about the celebrity aspect of arts, but talked about the artists and their process and some of the other elements that we don't really hear in arts reporting. Right. Yeah. Right. And and it just kind of flowed from there. But then I ended up working in hard news and 
working in network national news as a producer and a host. And yeah, that's kind of how that flowed into each other. Okay. Wow. That is quite the journey for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So then how do you go from that to audiobook narration then? Well, I, so I worked in network news and like a lot of people, the pandemic was really hard. Uh, It was really tough. And I worked through it. I was working from home as well as going in. And I don't know how it was where, where you were, but I'm in Canada and we shut down for two years, basically, where I live. So I have two small children who are home uh, for the whole time. And I was trying to work. Oh, bless you. And it was, it was, you know, it was a career that I had already, I was already feeling drained from. Um, I intended on being an arts reporter and ended up in hard news. It's a bit and of a difference there. I found my, it's, it's a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. difference. And I found, particularly during the pandemic, that was extra. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you get, you get obsessed and caught up in the details and the numbers and the, I rem- I remember the beginning of it when people didn't know what was happening. And it was, it was sort of this, it was this fatigue that I think everyone experienced in very different ways. And it was in the latter half of it. And I found myself just completely burnt out, burnt out from the job, burnt out from the content, burnt out from the hours. My, my shift started at 3.30 in the morning and then I had to homeschool my kids and it was, I wasn't in a good place. And I thought, you know what, this is just not, this is not the life I want. This is not the life I wanted. What do I do to get myself out of this? Because I won't get out of this if I don't make changes. And so I sat down and I thought about what are the things I love? What are the things that light me up? And what are the things that I do well? And books. I mean, I'm a huge romance reader. I've always been a romance fan. I'm uh, using a microphone, using my voice. I mean, going from singing to journalism and radio, performance, audio editing. These are things that I do well and that I love and that I enjoy. And I took a couple of courses. I took a voiceover course, and I took an intro to audiobook narration course. And after that first class, I thought, Oh my god. I found it. <laughs> this like <laughs> like I this is what it is. And and a and a colleague years before had said to me, "You should try audiobook narration." And I thought, "What? What? No. <laughs> I could never. I could never do that." It was always in the back of my head, but at the time I just it just didn't seem like something I could do. And so I did that that course and it was a 4-week course and part of that course was setting up a profile on ACX which is the marketplace for independent authors to hire narrators. And I already had my space set up because I was doing work from home for radio. And I thought, I'm just going to start, I'm going to try auditioning because I already know how to edit. I already know how to speak into a microphone. And the first book I auditioned for, I got. Nice, nice. Yes. So it was this wonderful alien romance that I recorded under a different name. It is not. <laughs> um, but it was. It was. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if people are listening, they're going to be sleuths and find it. Yeah, and I and and from there, I just started hustling 
and learning and doing workshops and coaching and doing everything I could to get better and um, do this. And I fell in love. Nice. Yeah. It's great when you find something to be passionate about once you've shifted careers. It's, it's wild. Like I never thought at this point in my life that I would find something I would feel this passionate about that I would do this well at. I, I, I never imagined that I would, you know, do well, this. you're killing it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now, and now you are in firmly in the ranks of up and coming narrators. So there's new narrators, there's up and coming narrators, and then, and then you're established and they stop putting something in front of narrator and you're, that is your then title. But I suspect with about 70 titles, you're going to uh, drop all of the up and coming. Yeah, very, you're quickly making it to established narrator. <laughs> when I first discovered you was, I think, kind of when Book Talk really discovered you. And that was The Architect by Nikki Sloan, which you did with Brennan Landry. And that one was a powerhouse piece. I, I mean, you're, this is a, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of complicated in this one. And I might, I might actually be giving this to Zana to read at one point because, uh, uh, because it's really just a beautiful performance that you gave for this. And then it became, well, wow, uh, Angelina. Okay. Let's, let's see what else she's done. And, and it sort of, uh, took off from there. Do you, do you recall like the circumstances of you getting that particular book or is that, is that yeah. what you would define as your real, like oh, yeah. first moment of breakout? Sure. Yeah. Breakout, <laughs> breakout point. For sure. It was wild. That I auditioned, I think I auditioned either at the very beginning of the year or at the end of last year. And, and it was, it was the spiciest book. I think it's still the spiciest book I've ever read. It's like one 11-hour escalation. It's one of my top spiciest, that's for sure. Oh. <laughs> I haven't read it, but I've heard of this book. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that tells you something right there, if Zana's heard of it. Oh. <laughs> it is wild. It is this, I just remember prepping it and reading it and just like smirking the whole time saying, oh my God. I mean, there was, there was stuff in there next? that I had to look up because I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> Yes. Oh my. Yes, I love it when there are trigger yeah. warnings, and I'm like, mm, "Where's Google? I need to. I need to just check with it." I've read some crazy stuff uh, because, uh, like you, I have been I have been reading romances since uh, before I was allowed to read them. So yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff, but that was that was the next thing. <laughs> it was something. It was something, and I, and and I met. Brennan in New York, we were at the Audio Publishers Association conference before we were going to record it. And this was our first time meeting and it was his first romance. Oh, that's right. And so yeah. I was like, I was like, have you read this yet? Do you, do you know? He's like, no, what, 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 what about it? I was like, Baptism by oh, fire. Wow. For sure. It's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a wonderful experience. I did it early in the year and yeah it came out in and May it just, of 2023 it did and uh, a few yeah and a few people I knew did a buddy read of it so 
uh, Tiffany P. Reeds, Sarah Pedersen, and Romance and Rosé, Cassandra. And they did this buddy read of it and were making videos. And I think when they were making those reaction videos, people were like, what? What's this buddy? What? Yeah, and, I think that that's actually where I first yeah. heard of it was was Tiffany's uh, Tiffany's TikTok. So it was yeah. it was quite yeah. the thing from there. <laughs> that and that and I think once that happened and people started to hear about it and listen to it, that definitely was the book that made people wonder who I was. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got a whole bunch of other things that came your way after that one. I'm thinking, uh, so particularly of, I'm going to mention a couple of titles just because these are ones that uh, Zana has heard of. So Wicked Angel, which is by Jane Diamond, who we have interviewed on this show. And you have also done some with uh, done one with Lauren Blakely, one of her uh, one of her pucking series, which <laughs> I I particularly love that yes. one. You've actually done a couple of hockey romances that I can that I can see. Elsie Silver, who I have not read a lot of Elsie Silver, but I keep being told to read Elsie Silver. And it's just like I haven't gotten <gasps> to it yet. <laughs> just haven't gotten to it yet. Jen's TBR list is incredibly long. Yeah, incredibly. It it would run the length of Canada. So (laughs) for... (laughs) It's a lot. That is, it's a lot. Yeah, so it's Hopeless, uh, Hopeless by Elsie Silver. And you did that one with Jason Clark, who's one of the voices we love. And... And the nicest guy. He is a nice guy. He is such a sweetheart. He really is. Oh, He, we, I met him for the first time in Philly. Yeah, we did too. And it was great. we were walking with yeah. a bunch of other narrators. We were walking through and he just, he made sure to let everyone walk through the doors. Like we were going through a bunch of doors and just in, in general, audiobook narrators yes. seem to be just. Yeah. Like I mean, I, I, yeah. So one that's come out uh, recently within the last uh, couple of months, which I wanted to talk about because it was really special. Between Never and Forever by Britt Benson, mm-hmm. which was which you didn't duet with uh, Jacob Morgan, who's uh, who's one of Zana's favorites. I do and, enjoy a Jacob Morgan uh, book. Yes, <laughs> mm. and then yeah. this one, but this one's extra special because not only you got to sing in this one, and didn't you? Did you write the music or? Yeah, I did. I, did. I wrote the yeah, melody. and. There yeah. aren't a whole lot of books where we have uh, narrators who are singing in it. Now, uh, which, you know, proportionally, there's actually quite a few uh, singers or at least who have some, you know, singing performance mm-hmm. experience who are narrators. And I've only heard a snippet of it. I have not yet gotten to because this is one <sighs> I want to savor. So, <laughs> but... It's a beautiful book. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, but so yeah. what what was that discussion like with uh with Brit about creating the music for this? So I was a recast for this book. I came in very late in the process. And so I came in and the producer, Brittany Cottingham, um yes, knows, I know that, knows that I'm a musician. She's wonderful. She is wonderful. Um I love her. And so she knows that I sing. And so she suggested it. She said, well, you know, Angelina sings. Maybe maybe that could be something we could incorporate. And 
And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do something like that. When I was when I was a performer, I wrote music a lot. I wrote music for my band. I did recordings, and I never thought I'd be doing it again. But I I was totally into the idea. It was it was a bit challenging. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to write the music. I'll write the melody, and then you can decide. I'll send it to you. You can put it in the book, and then listen to it. And if it doesn't work, then we just have me reading the lyrics. That which is what happens. Yeah, mostly usually that's romances, that's the case, right? The book came in, and it was I was it was a particularly busy time for me. So I was sort of writing in the evenings and writing in the mornings, and just trying to find the right melody because. When you are in someone's ear like that as an audiobook narrator, somebody sits with you whispering in their ear for hours and hours. And so writing the music, I didn't want it to be jarring for people. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Right? So I I kind of obsessed over the melodies, trying to make it as seamless as possible. And I ended up adding guitar. I have a friend of mine who plays, we used to play years ago. And he played guitar for the last song. It was a really beautiful experience, and I I loved combining. Yeah, yeah, and and the way that at least the way that it has been presented in the the TikTok videos that I've seen, it's we discover you at the same time that Jacob Morgan's character does. It's like you know suddenly he hears he hears you singing and performing this and it's just like this whole sort of revelation for both him and the and the listener is that inaccurate yeah i mean he knows that she's a superstar she's gone off and become a rock star but this is the first time that he hears her live he she's she's gone back to her hometown to to film a movie and uh, he knows that she's there, but doesn't know that she's going to sing. And then he's out in the parking lot, and suddenly, here's the voice. Wow. And he's like, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really and cool that's uh, it's a it's amazing because there's, yeah, there are very few that that I have heard in audiobooks. I've heard uh, Jason Clark in one. I've heard Andy Arndt who. Who runs Lyric? Who is the, um, uh, you know, ironically the uh, <laughs> the production house for that uh, for that book? But something like this is not is not something I have heard before, and certainly not that the that one of the narrators wrote the music. So, congratulations! That's, I mean, that has got to be like one of those like mark in permanent memory experiences. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'll I'll tell you. Like, I know that a lot of times. They don't include music because of copyright issues, right? And I think having a narrator who composes music and plays instruments, and I think I think that is that doesn't happen that often. I like having having a narrator who has experience composing music and playing instruments and doing recordings in that way. I think is is rarer. Um, it, I was really nervous about it. It was it was a bit frightening, but um, having done it, it just, yeah, it was just a really special experience. I'm glad to have yeah, done it. Yeah, well, and the payoff has been worth all of that <laughs> risk. It's been, it's gotten a lot of buzz, and it's just been, um, 
And so, yes, I can't, I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait to. Well, and I think, I mean, I, and I want to say that I think part of the buzz, the, the performances, I'm, I'm really happy with my performance. I think obviously Jacob is incredible. Britt Benson writes this beautifully complex story with just such deep emotions baked into it. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it. Britt Benson's books are, it's almost like she rips your heart out, but you don't know she's she's doing it until she's actually done it. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like this careful emotional surgery that she, she surgically removes your heart. Yes. And stomps on it and then heals it by the end and puts it back in. (laughs) And it's all kind of reconstructed and it's like, Oh, that looks, that looks better. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, I have, I have listened to some of, to some of her books and they're just, you know, the, the thing that is always, of course, the danger about that is that, is that now we're going to expect you to write more music for your books. <laughs> I do have one. I can't tell you the name right now. But yeah, I have, I'm doing another rock star romance that I had actually booked prior to this one that I was already going to write some full songs for. So recording sometime in the new year. Excellent. For. Excellent. Mm. Well, yeah. and... We're going to look forward to hearing that, too. And speaking of recordings, and there is one uh, particular recording that I was witness to when it was happening. And that was uh, a segment of Lies in the Dark by Nicole Fanning. And you recorded this in duet with Joe Arden. And while you were recording it, I was I was listening at the time. And you were in another place <laughs> while, while it was happening. And it was just, it was so good. And yeah, you know, it was, it was also this sort of thing of, yeah, Joe is, Joe is good and he gives a great performance and everything, but I want to hear more Angelina right now, you know, <laughs> oh. Oh. you know, you sort of left your body for that moment and, and just did it. You know, the night I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. I remember that night. <gasps> wasn't that emotional that was, oh yeah <laughs> well it was uh so uh Zana for the for the the setting for the book there Joe's character he's a, in law enforcement and he has and he has taken this woman and she's in protective custody if I recall correctly they're trying to you know work through the questioning and everything and it goes to this other place because they also have an emotional history. So, ah, okay. Yeah. So, tell us about what was going through oh, your mind during gosh. that. <laughs> so, this was this was a couple of days of recording with Joe. And as you you probably know, I, I said this before, but Joe has coached me uh, on a number of occasions. So, the experience of recording a book with him as someone who's been his fan and his student and now his colleague was just already had emotionally heightened the the situation. I was, you know, pretty petrified recording with him. And then we did this scene and it was it was near the end of the book. I think we did the spicy scene first. Do you remember that? Yeah, we did a very, very spicy scene and got to the end of it. And he said, 
Okay, you have a choice. Do you want to do one more? Or should we stop it here? And for a moment, I thought, you know what? I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think this is good. And but I was in already a heightened emotional space. That scene was really beautiful. Um, and I thought, you know what? We're gonna let's do it again. Let's let's do another one. And it, uh, I don't know. I it was it was one of the most intense narration experiences, performance experiences I've had. Yeah. And I know that you had said that uh, because you had talked about this on on TikTok about uh, after you finished recording, and you had said that you know because he had been your coach that there was this sort of uh, I'm paraphrasing very much but that that there was sort of this idea in your mind that you know it was going to be a little bit coaching session and I don't recall that at all I mean I think I I recall him saying one or two things to you but <laughs> called out my Canadian you took off and you and you just did um something that he didn't even need to be there for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we've we've had Joe on the show, so I, and but I've uh, so I feel a bit funny saying that, but it, it was like, you know what, we could have just listened to you all night, and and it would have been just as just as you know what, I so. feel like Joe would agree with that. Just yeah, based on what I know I, about I, Joe. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, I think I think the beautiful thing about doing duet narration live is that you can play off each other. Yes. So it's much more like acting. So for yeah. me, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, like I think that heightened emotion was because he was there, you know? I mean, people, people, as you say, like, I don't know, maybe they didn't need him there, but I, but you needed I benefited. Yeah. 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 I benefited so much from him being there. And yeah, and I was nervous because Joe, is he is a wonderful coach. He's also, I think I said it, I don't know if it was that ITB or the one before, but he is also a tough coach in a great way, in a kind way. But he is a wonderful coach, but he is also particular. He knows what's good. He knows what sounds and what is emotionally connected. And he knows what isn't, and he's not afraid to say it. So... Um, so for me as an actor, as someone who was newer to this, this craft, I do have that. I did have that. Oh, is he? Um, I did have that in, in the back of my head for the first couple of scenes. Is he, is he judging right. me? <laughs> right. He, right. Like, is he pointing out, is this, is this sentence not connected am enough? I be, am I being and, called to the front of the class? What is going on? <laughs> right? Yes. Because I, ha he is someone that I admire so immensely. He is a master at this. And I obviously want him to, to see the best work that I can do, especially oh, sure. when I'm working oh, with for him. for sure. Yeah. So, so yes, it was, it was. I think having that, feeling that emotionally heightened because of that, because of the audience, because of having his performance to play off of, I think all of those things combined really helped me get to the place where I needed to be for that scene. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, you have a, you have a discord where you will record in the booth and, and have 
people in the chat, uh, you know, helping you along and you've, but, and then you're also doing it on TikTok at the same time sometimes, which <laughs> bravo for that balance. <laughs> but it, this, it, but this was just overachieving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was just different again. this was just different again and it was and it was special so I think that that makes that oh, yeah. book but those are the kind of things that what I love most about audiobook narration as opposed to eyeball reading is that you know those magical mm -hmm. moments are only going to happen in an author's head at best if you're just eyeball reading it you know yeah. you add the you add the narrators to it and then it becomes a performance, but it isn't, it isn't something where like a movie, you have to divorce yourself from whatever idea you had in your head about what, you know, the characters look like or what the setting looks like or anything like that. It, in, it just enhances the book. It doesn't take It allows your it imagination to still play, but. It exactly gives you a, still be a part performance yeah yeah so when it, because when you started in narration you had you you had said that you uh read romance did you listen to audiobooks and not a lot not a lot i listened i listened to the twilight audiobook i listened uh to Akatar in audio but no i was an i was an eyeball reader I was yeah a, you know and and Part of that was because I worked in radio, so I had things in all my ears, sound in my ears all yes. day. Yeah, I just so needed silence. I, I mostly was an eyeball reader until we started this venture. Jen has converted me <laughs> into more of an audiobook listener, but you know, I do a lot of voiceover stuff for my my day job, and so I always have headphones on. I always am listening to usually my own voice, but. Yeah, it's it's nice to have performances and not just what's going on in my head. And I think for me, it's because I've always enjoyed old radio dramas, you mm -hmm. know, from the uh, from the 30s and the golden age of radio, where that was prior to television, the only thing you had. Being able to listen to a performance and people that you would see on screen in a movie but you would only get to hear their voice and then, you know, maybe get a Foley artist in there with you and that was it. But, uh, but it allowing your imagination to fill in the blanks uh, yeah. always made that enjoyable for me. So I think that it was a natural progression for me to go into listening to audiobooks. So, <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. So when I was starting out, I was listening to audiobooks and, and they were fine. And, you know, it was on my learning journey. And, you know, at the time, a lot of coaches were like, okay, you got to flatten your performance. You let the audience feel for you. You don't feel for the audience. And that was what I heard a lot. And, and I was struggling. I was struggling a bit with where my place was, what kind of narrator I wanted to be, what kind of narration I loved, what kind of books I loved. And I heard Samantha Brent Moore in The Devil You Know by Elizabeth O'Rourke. And the whole time I listened to that book, I sat back thinking, oh my God, this, yeah. this is right. it. Right, yeah. This. Samantha's amazing. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is, 
Mm, I I actually think that the industry has changed because mm-hmm. you're right. When I first heard books on tape, you know, it was a very um, generally flat performance. You know, yeah, it, and it, actually, I've noticed that too. So my my husband listens to um, mostly fantasy like high fantasy kinds of audiobooks and those don't tend to be as emotionally um, intense as the romance books that you've had me listening to and I mean I know that the scenes are different but the style of narration is different and I much prefer the narrators that I'm hearing in the romance genre. So thank you Romance Landia and thank you Book Talk because I think Book Talk also helped bring that into the front of everyone's consciousness um, because Romance Landia has been a particularly heavy influencer in the book talk space. So, Yeah, I think the fans have, have largely been calling for those kinds of performances, the emotionally connected performances, right? Right? The, I mean, those are, you know, the Joe Ardens and the Samantha Brentmores and the Jason Clarks. And, like, it's... These performances that are like a cinematic experience in your ears. And the right? Angelina Roccas. Um, yeah. And the Angelina Roccas. <laughs> because I will go back to Lies in the Dark for a moment. Even though at that point you were still in the up and coming narrator, which they count as less than 100 titles, you became narrator at that point. Just, you know, no more, no more anything in front of it. Narrator. That's really kind of you to say. I mean, I I really feel new. I mean, I started this year with a handful of books on on Audible. Like, I, I only had a few books. People read The Architect or listened to The Architect, and they were like, oh, well, what have you done? <laughs> and I thought, oh, because, you know, they wanted to listen to more of my work. And I didn't have a lot for people to listen to. So I still am. I've only been doing this for a year and a half. So, um, your star has shot up like a, like a comet. (laughs) Honestly, I am so grateful for all of the support I've gotten from fans of romance, being part of this community and having people listen to my books and love them and talk about them. I mean, I am at this point in my career right now because of people who are listening to romance and talk about it. You know what I mean? I, I'm just really grateful for all of that. And so what do you have uh, coming up for 2024 that you can that you can talk about? Um, book events maybe that you're going to or uh, books that you have coming up that you are able to talk about now? Yeah. I mean, I can talk about the book events because I am going to be in the U.S. Oh, gosh. So many times in the next year. So I'm going to Readers Take Denver. Awesome. We'll we will see you, there. see you there. Okay, so Wild and Windy in Chicago. I'm going to Romance Invades the Rockies in Calgary. I went to that one last year in when it was in Banff and it was amazing. Yeah. 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 It's I'm I'm really excited for nice. that one. Book Bonanza. I'll be at Book Bonanza. A handful of other ones. I'm gonna be in Vegas again and then yeah, it's well, we look forward to seeing you when we'll when we'll be in the same places. So. Yeah, absolutely, Angelina. This has been an amazing conversation, and I I want to keep chatting with you, but I also want to 
be aware of your time, which is extremely busy and sounds like getting busier. <laughs> so thank you so much, Angelina, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. You can find links to Angelina's social media, as well as everything that we talked about today in the show notes for this episode on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. Follow us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing and leave us a review. We're on Instagram and TikTok as at Cup and Saucy Books. Thanks for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next week for our review of another book I made Xana read and more likely listen to. And probably a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.